We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? <laughs> he tries to take a pulse, babe. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll, if roll on, no, 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 no. <laughs> the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network. Great result for Boston. The Bucks game three win, one of the closest games uh, I think all year for quite a while that I've seen Bucks or otherwise. I am Ty Windish, one of the hosts of the Eurostep, joined as always by my affable co-host Rohan Kadi and our delightful friend from the Win and Six podcast, Adam McGee. We are figuring out my setup and we are hyperventilating over the Bucks, but things are good, I think. Let's find out. Fellas, how's it going? I'm dying. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> I wasn't worried at all. I was, it was. It you was, weren't worried at all at any point. The 14 consecutive tip-ins the Celtics this is missed. Not, this is not a bit. It was when everyone was losing their mind, and I saw lots of people losing their mind in various places. My feeling was mostly, this is what we've watched from the books in the playoffs for a couple of years now. Like They win really ugly games. They get themselves into ugly games. And even with the way things were going, if they had lost it, I would not have been happy about it, but I wouldn't have felt completely terrible. I think the series is what we thought it was going to be. It is an absolute rock fight. Jordan may have lost and is no team scoring above 100 points, but the spirit of that prediction is certainly ringing true. But overall, it's like, yeah, this is watching books basketball. It's not good for your health, but I think I'm like conditioned to it now especially I was, rohan's i was really health. into big books plays i was probably as emotional about big books big books plays as i've been since the finals last year but a lot of the celtic stuff wasn't getting me down and even at the end i was like ah no it's not his hand <laughs> it's still on his hand it's fine this thing's done let's let's move along now See, I thought I was being a reasonable person this game. I was seeing some crazy reactions on some in the Discord, as we know about GSPN Discord. Yeah. Still worth being there. <laughs> sure. Some on Twitter as well. I mean, people, I don't know how the Bucks have a chance. I don't see anything positive for the Bucks in the first half, yada, yada, yada. And the, nat- the I'm so sick of the national coverage of this series. It's so crazy to me. Every every game is a must win for the Bucks. 
It's great for the Bucks if they're leading after a quarter, according to Hubie, Hubie Brown. Sorry, for the Celtics if the Bucks are leading after a quarter, according to Hubie Brown, because, you know, they devastated the Bucks' plan. The Celtics just happened to score 19 points. That happens. Like, everything is either, you know, oh, the Celtics won't do that bad again. It, it's nothing the Bucks did. It's just like, oh, the Celtics just happen to not play well offensively. There's no other entity involved in that. Meanwhile, the Celtics' defense, the greatest defense mankind has ever seen, has flummoxed the Bucks entirely. Meanwhile, Giannis dominates them. This game. I, we I saw some that. tweets. We saw it. Uh, late in the game, which were to exactly that point. I won't name names, maybe people know. Somewhat I respect generally, so I'm not going to yeah. name names to, to Trochet because I respect them, but it was like the Celtics defense is just it's breaking them down and this is why they're going to win. I was like, really? Are they going to win? Or do we know that well, for sure? And just, turns I, out I they just... didn't. It's, it's all that kind of stuff and it's like, oh, the Bucks can't afford to win the game where it's like the Celtics are in the mud like this. It's like they're in the mud every game. They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. Like, welcome to the party. This is how it works. Both these yeah. teams are going to be in the mud every game. A pig in the slop, as Jordan, Jordan called it. It's all pigs and slops out there. And I do want to say, I think there's some Bucks fans who then I share my upset, our upsetness with this. I think we're all upset by this stupid coverage. And then take it too far and be like, Boston's not even good, blah, blah, blah. I've been calling Boston a very good team throughout They're this good. series. I'm going to upgrade them to a great team. I think this is a great team. I think they are. I think they're legit. And I think it's the same. Like the Bucs, I, I think, at times shoot themselves in the foot. A lot of that comes down to Boston as well. I think this is a great Celtics team, and I think it's going to be a close series. I, I, I still like Bucks in six. Well, if you agree with that, it's you can't say it's that far if off the call if them they're a great a, if, if they're a great Celtics team, they win the series. I said it from the start. No, they don't. No, they, they do. They, the Bucks, they, the Bucks if, are without Chris Middleton. If if the Celtics are as great as everyone says they were, they'd win the series. And it goes back know. to, it's my Jason Tatum take all along. It's still my Jason Tatum take. He's not proving anything. If you're the guy, you've got to show you're the guy. Through three games, he's not the guy. He's still yeah. got time. But like that's if it was a great Celtics team, he is taking control. That He's showing he's one of the absolute best players in the league. And the books are in trouble by way of being down Chris Middleton, if nothing else. Fair point. Great Celtics defense. I'll say that. Their offense, sure. I think, because of Tatum is, heard, is pretty though, flawed. Every, everyone kept shouting it everywhere. No, I know. But, but I think, I think it genuinely is. But, it genuinely is, though. I do agree. It's just been overblown. And the Bucks defense has been ignored. Like, let's give some flowers to Drew and Wes and everyone. Yeah, it's better. Wes, Wes was incredible. Nuts. Like, uh, he's actually the player more than anything that I was worried we'd not talk about tonight. More even than Giannis, because Wes is not doing anything really offensively. His he defense. Three. He did hit a three. He, he did it was a hit big one. It's a big it was three. a big one. But he has. We're gonna go back to like Demar Derozan's, you know, being in jail thing. Yeah, Jason Tatum's in jail. Like I just, but, I just tweeted out a picture of it's it's Giannis holding a baby, but it's Wes Matthews's face on Giannis, and then Jason Tatum's face on the baby. And I said, this is one of my biggest <laughs> takeaways from Game Three. I love it. Let me go retweet. Uh, oh, thank you. The good stuff. I'm used to just photoshopping Ben Simmons' face on that baby. That's what I've used that image for over the years. But I like this as a new creative use for Rohan. 41 minutes for Tatum. 10 points. 4 for 19 shooting. 0 for 6 from deep. I Rough rough estimation. Maybe he had 2, maybe 3 good looks this game, Jason Tatum, out of the 19 so I still think he probably shot a little unseasonably cold, although I don't know how unseasonable it is because that was game one as well. 
But I mean, the Bucks so defense. So you tie, tie your, yeah, exactly. Don't don't say it's unseasonably well when. Oh, well, I was gonna say a little bit, just a little bit. Like I think he yeah. probably ends with closer to fifteen points, which is still jail for a superstar player, right? Like it's like Wes to a lesser extent, Drew and the helpers. Like Brooke Lopez, I think has done a really good job this series, even if he got sucked into bad foul trouble again. For I, I don't think really his fault at all. But I just think the Bucks defense. I mean, we know this. We've known this. That's how they won a title. But it's so good, and it can just snap on. And it wasn't perfect in this game, but certainly much closer to game one. And, you know, again, their, their bet is, right, like, you just cut off the head of the snake. You, we shut down Tatum. They won't have enough. They almost did, but they didn't tonight. And I, I just want to say, for everyone saying, oh, the Bucks can't lose the mud game, this was the Al Horford game. Like this was it. Al Horford was, was it, masterful. He was unbelievable. Like we have ended up with like 20, 15, 22. five assists, twenty two. Like twenty two, sixteen, five, and two blocks. It's nuts. Like this was like he was out of his mind. I don't think anybody on the Bucks was like that level of like oh my god that that guy's having quite the game. He's a guy I always uh, I've obviously watched a lot of Al Horford and I've had very strong feelings about him over the years. He's a guy I always wanted on the books. I thought he'd be like a perfect big for the books. And last year, I was like, oh, that ship has sailed. Uh, he could never, he can never be what he was again. This was like prime Hawks Al Horford. This was incredible. Uh, like Bud would have been getting flashbacks and not in a positive way. Um, I'm guessing he thought that that guy was, was gone pretty much. I guess his first season in Boston, he looked like that, but things tailed off pretty quickly. He, he was brilliant. Like I, Again, I saw some commentary on Twitter where it's like, you know, Al Horford's doing this to the books. And there is an element of that. And I didn't think Bobby handled that very well. But that takes Al playing as well as he was playing. And then Bobby looks lost. Like, it's, not, it's not a given. You've got to make it happen. We've been talking about how Bobby has been surviving. Teams haven't been doing it to him. Players haven't been doing it to him. And all of a sudden, like 30-whatever-year-old Al Horford comes along and he's able to do it really really impressive so yeah that's a great point because that's kind of bridging your tatum gap too like if tatum plays better in future games which i guess we should assume although we'll see al horford is a guy who is not necessarily gonna have a game like this like it it would be a big ask to be like hey al you've got to go out and do this the rest of the series that year off in okc really helped him that's true. <laughs> NBA retirement community, except then you, you actually come back. NBA it's, gap it's, year. NBA, NBA Germany. Gap year. <laughs> to, to be fair, there there are a number of guys there that they just they go there and they get a bit too good. And George Hill. They, they have to be Chris sat Paul? down again. Yeah. Chris Paul. Yeah. Almost Kevin Williams. Someday, maybe. All the power teams, like they're just they're dealing with players that OKC have like put in some sort of cryogenic chamber and just brought back to their prime condition. It's, it's working well, that little side project. Sam Presti should use that on his actual players. I, I think what they do, they just like, they only, they only want the minds of vets. It's like, you know, you're not going to play any minutes. You're just going to sit in a room and talk to our young guys for eight hours a day. And, it's, a, and, it's a great way to get future draft picks though. Yeah, when, oh, you yeah. know, all of a sudden guys who look finished, you're like, Hey, but he's been here for three months now, you know? <laughs> He's back. It turns out you can get a lot of draft picks if you give up on the number one actual goal of NBA teams. <laughs> if, if you make getting draft picks the goal, you can do it. It's just unclear what the long-term result of that will be. I, I do want to bring up the Bucks' defensive strategy in this game. 
I thought it was great. I they did not let anybody shoot corner threes. They gave up one pretty early, and then there were some. Obviously, it wasn't literally zero. But every time they managed to chase Grant Williams off of the corner, I was like, hell yeah, anywhere else. Like, I think at one point he even dunked, and I was watching the game with my girlfriend's grandmother, and she's like, oh, no. And I was like, honestly, two over three. Two over three. Like, you can't let him shoot those corner threes. I know what play you're talking about. Drew Holiday did not leave Jalen Brown in the corner because he was the guy who was supposed to rotate over in that situation. As it was happening, I was like, Drew, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, it's just leave. He's not going to leave Jalen Brown wide open in the corner. So that's a great call out. Yeah, I thought it was clearly an emphasis. They clearly, they're like, listen, we can't give up these corner threes. Like, that's not going to work. No, don't give up the corner threes. Protect the paint, especially when Brooke is out there. And, and you know, again, focus so much energy on Tatum. What did you guys think of the starting lineup change? Mm. I thought it was fine. I think that, is, that, I think that triple big there. lineup was bad. It has a positive net rating in second halves of this series. Yeah, but overall, it had a minus 20-something net rating. Well, if they started out on a 1,100-0 run in game two, and it's a two-game sample. I know, but still, it counts. Well, yeah. My, my, my thing on it is, I think there is something to the idea. It surprised me. I wasn't expecting a lineup I was change. surprised, yeah. There is something to the change. There's something there in the thinking of it, and I think it will only be further reinforced by Bobby having his toughest defensive game of the playoffs so far. Yeah, but he wasn't alone in players involved no, in this lineup change was having their toughest defensive game of the series so but far. This is my point. The change I would have made if we were mixing the lineup up and we were bringing another guard wing in is I would have started Pat. And I actually think Pat with his play, he that may tremendous. be the move for game four. Like he missed a couple of shots that could have killed it, made it a lot less stressful down the stretch. But I find it tough to blame him for that because he was hitting big, big shots. You know, catching high, shooting high, that's that's quite the trick he's got working for him now. And now that everyone's seeing it on this stage, it really does. I, I, I love seeing the reactions to it on Twitter where people feel like they're seeing some kind of voodoo. Um, but it's working really, really well for him. He is just so much more solid defensively. And I mean kind of physically solid, more than anything too, than Grayson Allen, that I think with the kind of lineups, the kind of players the Celtics are rolling out there, I'd be inclined to move Pat into the starting lineup going forward. And I think that might have been a way to bring the same ideas that Bud was bringing with the lineup change, but maybe a little bit better today too. I don't know if he'll adjust that after a win, but Grace and the Bobby off the bench will, will work just fine. But I think Pat is just, he's more solid all around. And this is, a, it's a reflection of what we saw last year too, which is it gets the kind of business end of the season. And it's like, Oh, bigger role for Pat in the rotation. You know, it's it just seems inevitable. It's uh just just don't match Pat's minutes with Derek White because all three of Pat Constance fouls were just yeah. bumps from Derek White. I did not like that matchup at all. I wouldn't have mind seeing either Hill or Carter, whoever's gonna play. I mean, it seems like he's gonna try both Bud's gonna try both of them. I did not like Pat on Derek. Derek White, I don't think is a threat, but his speed is like the one thing Pat doesn't really enjoy playing against, and I don't think it worked well for him. But overall, Adam, I actually agree with you, and I think I say actually, wow. not that we never agree. <laughs> But I mean, there's so there's so many options for the for starters. For once on this podcast, so I'm many, agreeing with Adam McGee. <laughs> there's a lot of options, a lot of ways you could go. I I would like to see Pat start Game Four. I would not like to see Grayson start again. I know this is something that I kind of 
blew off in the Bulls series about should Grayson start and then Bobby started and like whatever impact that would have on Grayson. And I don't know if it's related at all, but this was his worst game of the playoffs. I mean, like he was getting abused on defense, not playing the usual solid defense, taking some bad gambles, not in position. And offensively, he didn't really get anything done either. I mean, I think we saw the Bucks get Brooke Lopez involved, which we wanted to see, which worked out awesome early in this game. But Grayson just, I, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe you don't want to adjust it after a win, but I wouldn't be afraid to. I'd rather see Pat with the starters. I mean, three for eight from three is not bad even for not a great shooting game where you missed some good looks. But I did think he was so dependable. And I know I saw people were like screaming for Grayson to take some charges. And Pat comes in and immediately takes that huge charge. And it, it's a momentum shifting play. It was huge. And yeah, it, it was honestly really nice to see a game like this from Pat. Not that he'd been bad all playoffs. He's been but, trending the right way. Like we've, yeah. we've talked about a few times. He hasn't had the big game. But more and more, it just feels like, oh, Pat is doing the, the Pat things he did last year that really make a massive difference to the books. Pat things are good things. But you're yeah. right. It's trending the right way. Because once he came back uh, in the late stretches of the regular season and even in the Bulls series, I felt like he wasn't making as big of an impact as he has been. It yeah. sort of felt like he had been disappearing a bit. But seeing this game uh, really, really showed that he is a true Wisconsinite. Because a couple of years back, he would have his biggest games in Boston. That's when he claimed they'd be from Massachusetts. Ooh, I love this angle. Now, <laughs> he's a true Wisconsinite. Saves his biggest game for when he's back home in Milwaukee, baby. Born and raised. Pat is purposefully like limiting his powers in Boston now just to be more of a born and I love that conspiracy theory, Rohan. Maybe, maybe he can hold off on it just a little in case he needs to use his powers in Boston once more in this series. Yeah. yeah. Just possibly, or who knows, maybe twice more. But I, I did think the reaction he had where he was really pumped up after drawing that charge. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, Pat's not going to be able to go home for a while, but all, <laughs> Pat, when he takes a charge, Pat, when he takes a charge is when Thanos gets the last infinity stone. <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What else? Uh, what what else stood out to you, Rohan, from this game? What's on your mind after watching the? What was it? Ended up being one hundred one ninety nine. Was that the 103, final? 103, oh damn! I was gonna say maybe Jordan's prediction a variant will be right. Maybe maybe only one team will hit a hundred per game. But nope. Sorry, Jordan, you're out. Um, we've done it again, team. It's Giannis. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Rohan. <laughs> yeah, say Giannis yeah. here. It's so Giannis. <laughs> this man put up forty two, twelve, eight, two steals, two blocks. What else? What else needs to be said? This this man's ridiculous. Can I, can I say something challenge. though? Go fifteen percent to his shooting percentage, please. Just don't even count the threes anymore. Well, I I think he could be better. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say. I don't Definitely. think this was like. I know we've already had this conversation. We had it about one game where he didn't score very well at all. I was like, I thought he had a really good game. I thought there were things tonight that weren't that good and that I didn't like at all. I thought some of his decision making in the fourth when the books started to let the game open up again, let the Celtics back in like that when he makes the tree and then he steps into one on the next possession, try to answer Jalen Brown. It's like, come on, yes, you you're smarter than this at this point, particularly with like six and a half minutes left. It's not like two minutes to go. You can kill this game. off. It was so, so bad. Um, Then he had, I'm pretty sure he had a cheap foul that wasn't even necessary. And then he went for that steal that he, Managed to poke loose on Grant Williams. Where I'm like, yes, you do not need to go for that right now. Like, that is not smart. So there are elements of that late in the game where I start to get worried. But he managed to avoid foul trouble. He managed to stay out there. And then he just does Yana stuff. And some of the plays were incredible. Hubie Brown, who called uh, quite a game tonight. I'm done with it. Was it that done, was an experience? I, I, all the, all the time I was thinking about your love for Hubie Brown throughout I the love, entire game. Yes, I I think he's amusing. Um, no, not anymore. Nope. Come Giannis on is now. Giannis is Come working on, now, on Giannis say. is working Six on Grant 12. Williams, and Hubie's just reacting like Giannis is like oh, it was, it was yeah. like like executing people. Oh, I, oh, no, I tw- oh. I I tweeted this during the game, and I just said like Giannis whenever he drives Hubie. They need to get the authorities involved and arrest Giannis immediately for treason. Like that that's the type of reaction we were getting every single time. It's like, I just, oh, you I need, can't to, stand need it. to take contact. Like you just need to fall down. You just need to be in better position. There's clear, there's clear replays of uh just Al Horford or whoever it is just hacking at Giannis. It's like, look at that beautiful defense. I I I I'm feeling things looking at this defense right now that I haven't felt in years. <laughs> oh god. Well, I will say the best say is when they do Yubi. Marcus Smart clips because he always looks terrible and they always act like he doesn't. It's always just like Marcus Smart doing a trust fall with no one behind him. And I, I know that everyone is seeing this. Because I tweet things like that. I literally said he, he got a DPOI for doing trust falls better than anyone in the league. No one even pushes back. Everyone's seeing the same clips. I think it's kind of out there. There was actually there was one instance of that in the fourth quarter where he was trying to draw an offensive foul yep. on Brooke. Like, just as a pass was in better. And the look of disdain that Brooke gave me, just like, this guy, come on. The one thing I'll say about Hubie Brown is Hubie Brown is 88 years old. So, retire, uh, bitch. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, but there's... <laughs> 
Jeez. This is also um, in the broadcaster's power at a certain point. And to Hubie's credit, I think he's he's been really good up until quite recently. This year is tough. Yeah, there is yeah. some I interesting agree. books it's been like in this. his history it's been like too. This. I will say maybe more on that in 2027 in a documentary series. <laughs> you keep pushing the year back. No, it's it's not been saying 2027 all along. There's no <laughs> there's no Substack post saying otherwise. Ty, right? We promised 2027, and we will deliver. Um, now, Hubie, Hubie, for those who don't know, was an assistant coach to Larry Costello on the books from 1972 to 74. Uh, things did not end necessarily all that great. And Hubie went on to be a head coach elsewhere then. Um, I've never felt before that he was really actively rooting against the Bucks. It certainly feels like it this series. But is it amusing when he just gives a come on now or 6'11", 280 pounds, and then just launches, it's, I find it endearing. If, if I'm going to listen to bad broadcasting, right, and my choice is... Mark Jackson saying whatever Mark Jackson might say when like the ball goes dead or Hubie Brown giving me some come on nows, you know, it's like gonna go with Hubie with all due respect. Um, I'll take Mark Jackson. Uh, Do you want mama are, are there? You the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm the Kings actually. Oh, okay. I, I, the, the, we'll see who will win that race. Bidding war, not in, not in this locker room. Um, Mark Jackson, you think the Lakers stinks. are gonna participate in a bidding war? Fair point. <laughs> fair, fair point. Um, what did you guys think about George Hill? Uh, his playoff debut here. Overall, I was like, pretty good. I, I will say. Kind he chased of wild. down Al Horford. Kind of, yeah, he did. Kind of wild to just throw him on Tatum in his first game back after all this time. Like, at first I was like, oh, was that a switch? Or And then I was like, no, he's just on Tatum. But, but he did a good of, job. He, like, physically, he isn't a million miles off of Wes, and Wes is bothering Tatum. Like the answer for Tatum might not actually be size where he's going to have a clear advantage in foot speed and footwork. It's a smaller guy with a long wingspan and George Hill has a really long wingspan. So he can get up in your grill and he can really contest your shots and close off space in a way that most guards could not. Like most guards are in the league. They're going to Tatum's going to see them. Then he's going to be like, great, I'm going to get whatever I want here. And that's not the case. With someone like George Hill, like for George, it wasn't a game where everything was going from, but it's, it's a big deal for the books. Like it's just, it adds something they've been missing, which is someone who's capable of the ball in their hands, who will move the ball, who is very solid defensively. It's an extra option at a time where most teams in these playoffs seem to be losing options to get one back is very, very nice for the books. Just to, just the ability to have another ball handler is just so good, especially for this team. Like without Chris Middleton, you're down like one of your major ball handlers. Just being able to get a guy who you can trust and Bud trust the heck out of George Hill. Like he was out there in the final, whatever, how many seconds there was in that game. He was out there. He was one of the substitutions because George, uh, George Hill has the trust of Mike Budenholzer and having a guy like that, there's there's so much value in it. Yeah, I thought his size was a bigger help than the ball handling, but the ball handling was nice. Like just seeing... He's very, we know George, right? Calm, cool, collected, brings he's the ball a, He's before. a weighted blanket. He's a weighted blanket. A beautiful entry pass to Giannis. I was like, oh, this is so pleasant, dude. Like, this is so, it's not crazy, but it's just like, oh, this is so nice. This is so, it's not, you know, sling it. Drew, Drew threw some wild passes. It's not Drew throwing a three-quarters court pass for no real reason or whatever No, else. he threw it to Robert Williams. 
Yes, true. That that did happen. Drew, Drew, was, was, uh, Drew was always completely out of control until the moment when he's completely in control. And it's yep. really hard to just wrap your head around. He times and him well, though. He generally <laughs> does. But things could be a lot easier oh, if yeah. he just you know, got a grip earlier in the game. Like yeah. he, he made big, big shots. The lead that the books nearly blew. The only reason they had it to begin with was, was... in part because of Drew. Yeah. Same goes for... Same goes for a spell, I think, late-ish in the first half. He had a couple of good plays, but the first half was rough. And yeah. we're back to, it's like, I don't even know if there's anything new to say because we could talk about it just like we've talked about previous games in the series, previous games in the playoffs for Drew in terms of the kind of shots he's taking that we don't want to see, some of the decisions, um, some of the turnovers, although three turnovers is not like catastrophic based on some of his performances in the playoffs. I think he just probably had three extremely ugly ones and then didn't didn't have like the, you know, kind of random, somewhat sound. They just happened to be turnover plays too. What I will say is good things started to happen when late in the game, after things had been really disjointed. I'm not saying the execution was perfect, but better looks were there for the books because it just became, okay, we've got to go Drew and Giannis in the pick and roll. And we've got to work that and we've got to, you know, in some instances, that's where you're getting shots for Pat. So the shots that Pat missed, but immediately when they went to that, there was more space, there was more freedom and everything was more fluid for Giannis and Drew being the books, being late in the game and being this series. I'm not talking about beautiful offense, but the margins are very, very fine. And anything that's even just a tiny bit easier for those guys is a big deal. And that happened late in the game. They both ended up being able to score and just maybe do more of it, do more yeah. of it. Like to go back to our, our previous points and we'll give the Celtics so much credit for what they're doing. But beyond that, Bucks need to move. They need, need more move empty the ball. corner, man. Need, there was not enough empty to corner. move off the ball. Like, yeah. I, I understand even core elements, things that aren't as much of a focus anymore. And we talk with the quadrants, things like that. One of the things I used to like with, that idea is in theory, you should be able to cycle through those spots so that there's always going to be someone there, but you're not just going to be standing there being like, well, I'm in my spot, give me the ball. And then everyone can close in on Giannis because no one else is moving. But we're just not seeing it. We're seeing too many possessions where, yep, corners are full. (laughs) You've got two guys kind of just top of the top of the wings. And then Giannis is just staring. He's like, yeah, great. We know like that's, it's going back to what we saw three, four years ago, and the books should be past that they were. You've got to move, and you've got to move the ball. And if they do that, I do think this series could open up for the books in a really big way. Like, uh, that is one thing I believe still is there in game one. We know game two was disastrous, but even this game, I think there is the capability for this series to slide open and really kind of become something the books can control if the books just start doing smarter things offensively. I don't think that's there for the Celtics in the same way. I, I think the Celtics, if they win this, we're all probably going to be down to like our last nerve ending. It's going to be very, very You guys tense, still have very, nerve very endings? Painful. <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I mean, I think I, I just, I accepted it years ago, Ron, and I'm cool with it now. I can just I can live with most of the ups and downs. The boxing. The, the, this was a very boxy shooting game. The, the looks tweeted, were really good. I tweeted the picture of Bud uh, walking. I think it was from the, the practice facility to the arena. It was for like media day. He's just holding his cup of coffee, looking great. 
I tweeted me like just another just another day of books basketball. <laughs> it was like in the third quarter before it really became a day of books basketball. Because it was. It's like yeah, we know. Like that's the thing with the strength of reaction. I'm not here to tell anyone how to react. People feel differently about this. But none of this is anything we haven't seen before. And none of this is also like removed from how we've seen the books, not just win games, but win series and win a championship. So I I don't see any reason even in these games for oh season's over you know the sky's falling the season's over can't beat these celtics it's like were you there last year has ever forgotten i haven't forgotten what it's like to win a championship and when it's a books championship it is ugly (laughs) as for what the celtics can do we are getting some post-game quotes here uh head coach emio doka says that the celtics he needs to teach them how to flop a little more that is a real quote Needs to teach the Celtics how to flop a little more. Yeah. Is Mark, Marcus Smart won't even stand up anymore. He's just going to do the worm up and down the court. That's going to be the new game plan for game four. I will say this was a terribly officiated game. I think the Bucks got shafted more. I do think the Celtics also did. I just think this crew had no control and they don't know how to call whoever it is. Zarbo, right? It was Zarbo. Yeah, this was terrible. This was at no flow, terrible touch fouls. I thought Smart was shooting for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, that's what it looked like to me. Um, but I don't think they got too, I don't think they bought in on too much of Smart's crap in this game. That was like the no, one No, they strength. called him for early fouls, which helped. Yeah. Well, I mean, he kept trying and they just weren't giving it to him. I mean, he like was. Like that one, that one uh, Euro step shot up by uh, Giannis where he yeah. just like went through all the guys and then like tried to set up under Giannis and take a yep. charge. They didn't even call no. They should have called a block because it's like if you, there's something, there has to be a foul, and if it's not right. a charge, it's a block. Yeah, but I you're he undercutting didn't really a guy those. midair. Yeah, yeah, I know it's it's ridiculous, but dirty player, Marcus Smart, reckless, dirty. Yeah, I, I also want the play that I think Celtics fans are probably going to talk is the the one where Wes is like sliding and gets to the ball oh, first, yeah. and then it was Grant Williams, wasn't it? Came in and gets kind of. Was it Derek White? It was. Yeah, Grant Williams was the one yelling from the sidelines um, a bunch. Yes. So Derek White gets taken out, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's a foul. Like, it's not great, but Wes gets to the ball first. He's diving for the ball. He gets there first, and then a the player yeah. arrives behind him. Wes is on the ground, takes him out. I saw some some outrage in corners of Twitter, and I'm like, okay, this is a dirty play. Well, don't want to look think... in the mirror. I thought this game had zero dirty plays. I yeah, thought it had I, three I reckless play. Not even I, the Grant one on Giannis. I did not get the outrage at all. I, I, Giannis we're, we're probably did more it. than than Grant. It's, it was all that was was Grant Williams was not in a rush to let him go when he wrapped yeah, it up. Yeah, but it, I, I don't think it was like, too excessive before Giannis me, did it. Pulls him down and then it escalates. But yeah, but I was glad they just said nothing. no. It it's a right foul. Yeah. yeah, it was a foul. I mean, people. Oh, if this was without should if that's a flagrant, then just pack up the league because he, he wrapped him up before he got off the ground. That's fine. And I mean, the, the tone they set, like for all of Hubie Brown's, whoa, <laughs> uh, was, you know, let guys play and let Giannis yeah. and Grant Williams play. And that's an instance where they, they see it. It's like, yeah, contact both sides. It's a foul because he wrapped them up and that's it. And they, yeah. I did think to their credit, they were at least consistent with that. It's not like there weren't bad calls. There are always bad calls in every game. But I admire at least consistency. If you're going to set the terms of engagement as, you know, we're going to allow some contact here. You guys can go at it. It's the same when, when Giannis was backing down Grant Williams, and that was where Hubie lost his mind. It's <laughs> like, 
what what's the deal? You've got two strong guys. Like Grant Williams isn't even really moving. Like that's yeah. Giannis is allowed to unless he drops his shoulder like and is deep down into his chest into his. And you're even he, you're allowed to do allowed that to, too. Well, if you drop the shoulder, I think you're generally going to be in trouble. But no, it's only would, if you like go with an extended motion. You can you can lower your shoulder in the gaps. You'll probably get called if you do it. You'll get identified, particularly for your ass. But with the way it was, there's no issue. Like so, yeah. I uh, it's it's bizarre, but at least the officials weren't caught up in any of that. Like they were consistent. We're allowing physicality. Like I, I do think the fourth quarter was brutal. The Bucks and mostly Jalen, but the Celtics, I think we're drawing very similar contact contact both both ways on drives, and Boston kept getting the shooting foul, and Milwaukee kept not. And I know there was a lot of, oh, this is Timberwolves here and the Bucks are blowing this lead. That was a huge part of where the lead went away. I mean, if you watch those sequences, both teams are driving to the rim. I think Drew took some bad shots there too, but the Celtics really got helped out by some pretty light calls. Fourth quarter of a playoff game. Like I, I wish they would just let them play a little bit more often, but the Bucks, you know, as they do found a way to win anyway. The Celtics doubled the Bucks in free throw attempts, by the way. Oh, yeah. Doubled. They were on pace, too. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shocked they did it. Milwaukee did not get many whistles. And I think the – what did Boston have more in the second quarter than Milwaukee had in the first half? Was that, I think they had 17 free throws in the second quarter? Uh, let me check. It was something that, pretty ridiculous. That sounds they about right. They had 15 in the second quarter, 15. the Celtics did. In the first half, the Bucks had a definitely. Oh uh, wait, it's 10, 10. Yeah, I was gonna. What did the Bucks end with? Less than twenty. Seventeen. Like 18, 17, Yeah. So in the second quarter, they nearly matched Milwaukee's game on free throws. When one team has Giannis, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But Bucks found a way to win. I don't want to dwell on it too much. Um, one last thing. As Giannis is shimmy. Giannis is shimmy was great. Giannis's free throws were great. We're not going to go into it. It, it was that was great though. I don't, a lot of people don't like this. I, as maybe Rohan and I code number one, Javon Carter fans, at least in terms of people who do podcasts or whatever, I don't mind Hill playing over him. I I think it's a good matchup for George. I don't think it's a very advantageous defensive matchup for Javon. There's just not great places to put It's a big deal. Yeah, it it is a big deal. So that's, I do think he's better. He would be better on Derek white, but I just don't think it's worth like deciding your rotation on who defends Derek White. Just make it not Pat, and I think he'll be fine. He did do a great job in this. I don't think it's a total coincidence. White had one of his better games, but I also think it's a little fluky. I, he's not as good as I thought he was like before the trade or whatever. Um, so I, I don't mind Hill playing. I think I think it's probably the right call here. Plus Javon got his two minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think throw him in there every once in a while to cause some havoc, but I he just think the, the fourth way, quarter. The way Boston works with the Jays, it's just not not ideal for him. I think that's fair. I mean, look, he can find ways to impact games. If he's in there, he's going to give it his all, and you never know when that's going to work out. But I, I do think in theory, the one thing would be a concern is like, well, how does George look? Because aside from what yeah. he has been out with, as we know, he is playing considerably hurt. He looks up to the challenge physically, and this series is all about physicality. Like, I mean, I think we keep going back to that one way or another. Yeah, and that's because it's how these two teams play. It's probably the most physical series that is out there. Like, if the books go all the way, uh, I don't think they're going to get another challenge like this. The, the Heat is where you're going to go, was it? No, I mean, the most physical series, I think, like, 
Memphis and the Warriors, they're like DDTing each other. I think that's a more physical series, but it's also no, but I mean in terms of a challenge for the books, just in terms of oh, matchup sure. wise, yeah. like no one has this kind of selection of players and is gonna defend Giannis in quite this way. I mean, others will try. Yeah. But and then that sets the tone for how it trickles down to the rest of the matchups. Yeah, we'll see on the heat. They they might be close, but that's just PJ and Jimmy Butler and Kyler. Yeah, not look, not not, yeah. not not Jimmy. I'll, uh, we've got a few things to take care of first before we we move to that particular so the corner. So, so did the, the heat. heat. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They have a Joel Embiid sized problem to deal with now. They do indeed. Is do we have anything else uh, for this game? Uh, no Luca minutes. It's always a oh. shame. Well, well, I'm okay with it this time. <laughs> Yeah, Adam I mean, hates Luca confirmed. Uh, we got Daniel Tyson there for two minutes. Yeah, Time Lord looked hurt again. I think this is the third or f- second or third time he's come out of a game and it looks pretty bad, but he's luckily he's been able to come back every time. But uh, you kind of see why he's unfortunately just not been able to play that much because it feels like he's always somehow just getting caught up. I think today he caught an elbow from Bobby, but again, was able to return. Um, but uh, yeah, the Tyson minutes were pretty confusing, but I guess they just needed some size. Last thing, uh, yep. Giannis, I'm going to say it again. Okay. I, I don't feel like we appreciated him enough. That's fair. He was transcendent. I mean, he was good. <laughs> He's not bad. It, uh, do we think, did he figure out Boston? Yes. I think to an extent. I, I agree with Adam. There's more, there's more also, advances to be made. To what extent did he not have them figured out in the first place is, I think, also worth talking about. But I think maybe he's... it's a bigger conversation. Like yeah, over yeah. a series, that's going to evolve. Uh, one point that I did see multiple people make on Twitter today that I think is wise is, you know, Giannis figures things out over the course of a series because you cannot defend Giannis the way you want to defend Giannis for like seven games and not start to feel yep. the pain yep. yourself. And it just gets easier for him because he is going to overwhelm you as the series goes on. All of that kind of drops off, and it's like, yeah. You know what? This guy is the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. And in that scenario, what are you going to do about it? Because after six games, it's no longer just good enough to be like, oh, well, there's two of us. It's like after six games, it might be one and a half. Yeah. And I did think, I think he's doing that. He also found Jalen Brown more. And every time he found Jalen Brown, it was, it was, I think he really is comfortable with that matchup now. He hit him with a spin and dunks basically every time he finds Jalen now. Or just goes and shoots a jump hook right over him. Yeah, that was way fun bigger too. than him. Yeah. Just backs him down and then just goes and elevates right over him. Bop. Bop. Uh, I was about to say so. Oh, yeah. I take back everything I said about me playing five minutes in this game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the- uh, if I had been on that episode, I mean, there's many things that maybe I'll take up with you in an off-season pod, but that detail in particular made me laugh. Just the dead panorama. Why? Why would? Why would not? I wanted. I wanted. I think. I think he was. I don't think people realize. I think he was playing it up a lot. Yes. Uh, a lot. A yes. little. Maybe. No, I think he wanted the context. I think Jordan and I were kind of just going to be like the Celtics and move on, but Rohan, Rohan had the content sense crop up. The Spidey yeah. content sets and said, no, flame me. That's called uh, the true martyr. The, the only person who's been accurately called a martyr this week. No, I'm still here. I wouldn't, have been, if I, I wouldn't have been if I played in that game, <laughs> but I'm still here. No, I would die. I would die if I had played one minute in that game. Are you kidding me? With the way these two teams are playing, you guys would have to find a new host. 
no, be, I literally would be die. picking up pieces off the floor for any of us, oh, for like any normal human. Like it's it's one of those that should just shut people up about all that kind of stuff forever. No, I I I I wouldn't be here anymore. I would <laughs> no longer be alive. I would have ascended to a different plane. Uh, I wouldn't be doing podcasts anymore. <laughs> uh, that'd be it. Well, it's a good thing you're not in the series, Ron. Yes. Yes. So I can just talk about it. (laughs) Um, One last thing. I do think they missed the three-point shooting foul on Smart. They clearly missed a lane violation on him, too. I don't think it was. I don't think think it was a treat. I did. He hit him on the arm before he started going up. Yeah, I don't don't think it was. I thought he was starting to pull up already. Nah. Personally. I mean, there's also an element to that. If you're a grifter, well... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, you know, totally. you'll, your bluff will be called on the griff sometimes. And that's what it felt like. I mean, yeah. in Boston, maybe does he get it? It's possible, but yeah, it's it's not something that I think the lane violation was worse. It was bad. Yeah. Also, I mean, that's the reason they have that play. I mean, he took off before the ball hit the rim. I'm sure. That's it. That's that's the call. They just don't ever do it except for when they randomly want a power trip. Uh, speaking of which, what do you guys think of the first quarter bud challenge? Didn't love it. I, I felt like he wanted to set a tone early, but I, I just I didn't think I thought it was too close that they, it was the same as the one that didn't get overturned on Pat. If it's that close, it just feels like they usually aren't going to overturn it. The same. It's just I don't know. I didn't feel like it was a good challenge. I, I saw the vision, but I didn't think that in particular was a very. I think you could have you definitely could have found a clearer like call to challenge later in that game. Yeah. I thought also Bud started to push a lot of the right buttons in that game. Yeah. Credit to Bud. Yeah. Like we'll just see. Late, late game, just spamming Giannis pad inverted pick and rolls until they stopped it. I think Nakai Duncan pointed that out too on Twitter. Shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, they found some, like, whenever they find something that works, they're like, okay, we're going to do this until you find some way to stop it. And then we're going to find another way to attack you. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that for sure. Good stuff. Adam, anything else? No, I am doing some multitasking right now. <laughs> if people are wondering on YouTube what's going on, I am about to. I'm gonna do a costume change. I'm gonna change into some Brewers gear, and I'm are gonna you gonna go... do that live on stream? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was, I was like, that's a weird we'll way to say it. Like, we'll leave that for I've... Rohan. You know, if, if, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm about to costume change. <laughs> I'm multitasking right like, now. Whoa, Wait, you yeah. won't believe Whoa. what you're gonna see. <laughs> The thing is, baseball games are long enough that this could be up and it could still be on. So if you fancy catch at the end of a Brewers game, maybe if it's still on, you could go through our Discord and jump in the cruising for a Brewers group. We're doing a playback for Brewers Braves. So, you know, one win for a Milwaukee sports team and I'm, I'm all set to go right into another. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that's called dedication. Check out Cruising for a Bruising, by the way. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you are, you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Check out gspnstore.com. Adam's rocking the merch. I'm rocking the merch. Ty's not rocking the merch. I- <laughs> Ty is also, I'll just, but Ty is not in Milwaukee in case anyone was worried that the game was that close and they nearly lost. Ty I is left. actually, yeah, so it's fine if you're like, that's not Ty's usual. So is Ty in Milwaukee? No, he's not in Milwaukee. I won't he go is- to a game, not this series at least. It's tough. Yeah. But you're, you're doing it for the people, Ty. I appreciate I it. Yep. Yeah. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the Substack, uh, Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.